0: listening to episode 319 of sci-fi tv rewatch my name's dave i'm joined as always by my co-host wayne as we continue to revisit season one of dark and look for little tidbits that we maybe missed the first time around but more than likely now have meaning that they they didn't have before
1: and uh you know there's there's a lot there for sure yeah yeah there is um some of it's not as earth shattering, you know, as maybe, but, but yeah, there's plenty in there that's suggestive of stuff later on.
0: Yeah. Now one thing that really occurred to me as I was looking at my notes and looking at my family list is that Elizabeth Doppler is Francesca's sister and grandmother
1: yes okay <laughs> that didn't occur to me before so it just gets and that's freakier. that's that's before you even get throw peter in this mix yeah like i said i, I suspect his origin is gonna really shake up this family tree
0: yeah and i just wonder though how much of that ends up being important in the big picture which at this point still seems to be Save the world and/or st- start over one, one, you know, one of the two. So, uh, I, I guess we will see.
1: Um uh, yeah, you know, uh, before we get but into the, this, apparently, from this, it's going to start over like every 33 years. You know, the the universe starts over basically, right? right
0: well, unless they break the cycle, which is apparently what the stranger is trying yeah, to do,
1: so right. Anyway, all
0: right, hold, let's, let's not get carried away here. We've got a little bit of housekeeping okay, yeah, yeah. to do. I want to thank our- just
1: trying to jump right in there. <laughs>
0: well, it's, you know, it's that kind of show for sure. I want to thank our Patreon supporters. And, you know, if you don't know, we have a Patreon account that exists to help defray the costs of producing sci-fi TV rewatch. And if you're a sci-fi TV rewatch supporter, we'll cover any episode of any genre show you choose. We've got what we call a film critic patron level, and we'll cover any genre film of your choice. And then the foundation level will publish a podcast covering a genre show episode of your choice or a genre film, and we'll do a little top ten list. For example, our top ten favorite genre actors, top ten favorite supernatural series. You know, you get the idea. There's a lot of possibilities. So uh, you know, if you're interested in doing that. You can go to our website, sci fi and there's a link over on the right. Or you can just go to patreon.com slash sci-fi tv rewatch. And you know, as always, if you want to send us an email with some feedback, questions, whatever, the email is sci fi rewatch at gmail.com. And we really urge you to join the Facebook group. It's growing a little bit at a time. It it had a big surge during dark and, you know, we're still picking up new members uh, a little bit at a time. So uh, last week we introduced our new What We're Watching
1: segment. So what are you watching now? I can't believe it's taken me this long to watch this, but... When it first came out on HBO, I believe it was over the summer, I was just like, mm, I don't know. It doesn't sound like that'd be that interesting. But my son watched it and said it was awesome. So uh, last week I watched Chernobyl from oh, HBO. Okay. Have you seen it yet? I have not. And
0: I, you know, it's not really the kind of thing that I like and, and maybe- You don't.
1: You I, I know. maybe not? I know. But it is. It's so good. It's so well done. I mean, the story- like, Again, I was 15 when Chernobyl happened. So, not, I, I was kind of not. I mean, of course, I knew about it, right? Everyone knew about it. But I didn't even begin to comprehend the full enormity of what happened there. And you'd think like a miniseries would just be all horror about, oh, the enormity of what happened here. But they really bring it down to a human level. And it is just. I mean, it was literally, they, I mean, they start off with like episode one, like the very first scene is the reactor blowing up. So it's not like it's this whole buildup to the thing happening. You're just dreading it. It happens. They throw you right into the middle of it. And then the rest of it is trying to deal with it and everything. And it's just so good. It was so well done. The cinematography is amazing. It was just really, really good. I I am a little angry at myself for for waiting so long because I know I'm going to go back and rewatch it probably probably fairly soon. Um, it was just really like I, uh, like maybe possibly the best mini series I've I've ever seen.
0: Wow, honestly, yeah. And it's not very many episodes, right? It's only a, a
1: handful—five, I believe. Five, okay. Yeah.
0: And, and, and I do know that Jared Harris is one of the lead characters in it and we know him yes. from fringe he was right. queen he's elizabeth's the, father in character in in the crown and then of course i'm watching Mad Men right now and and he is uh one of the english contingent that bought uh, the company so uh, i'm seeing him yeah. there so
1: all uh, right you know and he was in uh carnival row too oh okay
0: i i guess i haven't gotten to that point yet so thanks really? for spoiling it yeah
1: well Dude, I can't believe you haven't watched. The rest <laughs> I don't have of Amazon, so I've got to. A, uh, you know, so well. See, then that's another issue. I know. Well, some somebody
0: we both know whose name shall be not made public uh, <laughs> sometimes takes care of me. So okay. Know. Anyway, so I finished the third and final season of El Ministerio del Tiempo, the Ministry of Time, oh. and you know it was somewhat satisfying. the The issue with that series and its three seasons is that they change characters more frequently than i think we're used to and i mentioned last time there's not a lot out there to read about whether or not there's going to be a season four what's going on with this what's going on with that but i i did manage to read that part of the problem is that apparently they took so long to renew the series, that some of the main actors just took other jobs, and right. were certainly open to returning, if that was the case. That said, the replacements were pretty darn good once you, you got used to the fact that the you know the people you bonded with aren't coming back. So uh, I finished that. I only got one episode of The Magician, season three. Just didn't seem to have time. But as I said a few minutes ago. Uh, really moving through and loving Mad Men. We're about at the end of I think we got two or three episodes to go in season 3. So really liking that.
1: So. Cool. Yeah, Mad Men's great. Yeah, so. All right. Well, let's talk about
0: Dark. You know, that's certainly a show that deserves to be talked about. We even got started a little bit sooner than we wanted to. We're going to talk about episodes 105 and 106. And, you know, again, like we did last week, just jump in. Stuff doesn't have to be in order. Um, But one thing that
1: likely won't be
0: and likely won't be. And one of the things that caught my attention right away at the beginning of 105 is that that two minute intro of paired photographs Mm -hmm. that kind of tells its own series of stories, whether it's the Hannah Ulrich affair. Or the Enes Mickle adoption, but the one that really grabbed me was that tripartite of Jonas, flanked by yes. Bartosh and Martha. Especially yes. given what we know now about these three, so
1: yeah, literally Jonas right between uh, Martha. Well, you know, and Martha really rewatching this, it she just becomes so much more of a tragic figure. Um, I guess like kind of you know like. All through season two, I guess I was half expecting her to get killed because they really do kind of put it out there as she's like the sacrificial victim. They have her; she's Ariadne in um, this production of the labyrinth or something that she's doing at school. You know, I mean, th- this episode really you know makes us see her as a as a you know potential tragic figure that we now know she definitely turns out to be. Right.
0: And she metaphorically dies on stage. And whether it's the enormity of the character and the lines to the point where her mother comes up and has to, you know, basically hug her on stage as the audience yeah. is thinking, who knows what. But e- even before that, during the rehearsal, where Jonas is sitting in the audience. And her lines refer to that invisible bond that can't be cut. And of course, she can't break up with Jonas because she's his aunt. So she can break up with him romantically, although that isn't really how things turn out, at least what we see.
1: But there's always we get like the, the, the sense that there's like beyond just that that DNA link between them. That there is really something where, what Jonas keeps telling her that, I I can't remember what the line is, but basically we were meant to be. Yeah. Um, And you you really get that feeling. So, of course, when they start saying things like that, you're just like, well, clearly Martha's going to be killed then, you know? Like, they're they're setting her up to be this huge love of his life, and well, there we go. I just, I don't think we could have expected how she was killed
0: well and you kind of alluded to something that that i even have in my notes you know they're talking in her dressing room and of course everything that they say takes on more meaning why did you call me this morning and not bartosh and it's almost as if she knows something about what's going to happen to her as you just alluded the, that she Anticipates her own death, and then, of course, knowing what we know about Martha two and having seen Fringe, we start to wonder: Yeah, you know, what are we going to learn down the road?
1: Well, okay, yeah, because the new Martha, you know, right away was just like, "I'm not your Martha," you know, like almost like, "Step back, big boy." Yeah, you know, there's, there's nothing between us. But she definitely knows, seems to know more about what's going on than Jonas does and again I wonder if his meeting her is part of this fatalistic scenario that leads to him becoming Adam. And, and then we get that scene even a little
0: earlier than than that where Jonas and Bartosh are doing bong hits
1: and Bartosh. Well, looks like just Jonas actually.
0: Oh yeah? Okay. <laughs> uh, I guess Bartosh probably already you know knocked a few Bartosh
1: is set yeah
0: exactly it's like it's, but but it's like dude i'm good he asks about martha she'll reach out when she's ready and i'm thinking like yeah like when 1.0 has been killed and 2.0 appears <laughs> yeah she'll reach yeah. out but i mean as long as we're on martha and the nielsens you know we see certainly katarina in these two episodes and it's not a good look and, and i think on the rewatch she and Ulrich just become more and more despicable to the point where I had in my notes, uh, is there anybody good in this town? Now I think we could argue that, that Jonas as a teenager is a good kid. And, and, you know, even Magnus has (laughs) come around to,
1: yeah, I mean, I think despicable might be a a too strong of a word. I, I I really feel for, you know, Katerina because she's, Obviously, she, what she's going through is, is devastating. I, I don't know. Like, her family doesn't necessarily really have her back here very much, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, she's making it difficult, obviously. And and Ulrich, of course, you know, he's having trouble facing the consequences of what he's done. And, he, and he's going to—I guess I see him and— I don't know how harshly I judged him. I guess I'd have to go back and listen to season one again to hear how harshly I was judging Ulrich back then. He certainly makes his own bed here, you know, and then tries to just get out of it, and it's even worse, you know. And and the way he, when Katerina asks him point blank, are you cheating on me? Which he pretty much knows the answer to that already, but he still is going to go and lie through, you know, he's not going to he's not going to fess up
0: here and everything.
1: Right, and there's um, that, there's a
0: hesitation before he even answers, like he's thinking about how to get but, out of this.
1: Which is all the answer she needs, honestly, you know, like if you don't answer that one right away, then well, there's there's your answer. I love the scene where Hannah brings
0: katarina that casserole. Oh my god. And and That's Martha and her mother answer the door and what I'm wondering at this point, not so much about the affair, because as you said, once she hugs Hannah, I think the recognition on her face, she's starting to put two and two together. But what really strikes me is whether or not she remembers how badly she treated Hannah when they were kids. Yeah. And and that's what I go to that despicable feeling I have right. about both her and Ulrich and I don't want to hear that. Well, they were kids; they were sixteen but, or seventeen. They're old enough to know. They're better. still
1: no, they're not. You know that, dude. They're, your brain's not yeah. completely formed yeah. until like twenty-two, twenty-four. Uh, you know? You don't know, you remember that?
0: Yeah, I do remember that. You were
1: no, in that meeting with me. I, I was, <laughs> and I
0: remember the uh, young student interns that we gave a hard time to. In fact, even I think yeah. maybe Danielle at the time, but uh, she's an old <laughs> woman now, so. Right. I is. mean, I know what you're saying, <laughs> but I guess I look at the enormity of what they did to Regina,
1: even. Well, and- yeah, what, what they did to Regina was was horrible. But Hannah, she was just like a little kid, and, and the, you know, Katerina was really dismissive of her. But I don't, I don't think yeah. she really treated her badly okay. per se. Right. Um, and- Katerina was was definitely a mean girl uh, back in high school, but again, like. Who wants to be judged by the person they were in high school, right? Well, I like, agree with you. Sure.
0: Yeah. A- a- and you're right. I mean, the when we look at Ulrich and his relationship as a teenager with Hannah, uh, I mean, he actually gave her the time of day, so to speak, and, and uh, until he saw Katerina down the hall and just ditched her. Right. But
1: but anyway, you know, we see well, you this- Well, it's funny because he is 15 because they mentioned that. I think the last episode and Hannah's 14. And the first time I watched this, she seems a lot younger than him. You know, like he seems more like 16, 17. I'll give her 14 for Hannah, but the actor playing Ulrich, that's kind of a a stretch for 15. I think. Yeah.
0: Now middle-aged Jonas, you know, he checks into the hotel and I'm looking at the wall in his room and I'm wondering, what is it he's really trying to figure out? I mean, he's got things about wormholes, labyrinths. Of course, he's got the newspaper articles. And I, I guess my question is, why? Who is this for? He knows
1: what's going on. Right. So is this yeah, all well, that's,
0: for somebody else's benefit?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, we, we talked about that, right? Because he wrote, you know, instead of where is Mickle, he wrote when is Mickle. Yeah. Well, he knows when Mickle is, like. So, he doesn't need to write that for himself. So, I guess, yeah, he is writing it for someone else. Um, for for me, the middle-aged Jonas becomes the really kind of like, almost this linchpin character. Like, he's, as we said before, he's the guy who becomes Adam. So, how does that happen? Because he knows he becomes Adam, right? Yeah. Because Adam told him when he was much younger, so he totally knows that, and yet he seems like he's doing everything he can to, you know, to help things along. Like he's t- like he's looking at his watch as he sees his younger self go into the cave and things like that. So it's almost like he's trying to preserve things. And I know. Yeah, he went and set off the whatever he did at the end of season one, you know, set off the explosion. But, you know, like, I i, I don't know. I don't, I, he's the guy who I'm just, I'm not sure about because, you know, when we found out he's Jonas, uh, first, obviously we, we suspect him because he's really sketchy looking, you know, kind of dodgy beard, long, greasy hair, wearing a hood, sneaking around, watching kids all the time. So we totally suspected him. then we find out he's Jonas and we're like, ah, eh, okay, guess he's probably a good guy. But now I'm like, huh, I'm just not sure about him, you know? Yeah, no, I, I know what you're saying. And,
0: I'm, I mean, we get that scene where he sits next to Jonas on the bench uh, near Michael's grave. You it know, doesn't really tell him anything. Of course, we don't know at the time who he is and, and what the relationship. And then we get the scene with Hannah sitting with Mikkel on a bench. He tells her he's from the future, which, of course, we know is true but we don't right. know that Mickle grows up to be Michael. So again, when we go back all of these things are really meaningful and like y- y- you see the
1: genesis of, of all of this. But but, but just to say cuz because cuz I, I it's almost like we it's been just such a given about Michael being Mickle. We forget that at one point we didn't know that. Yeah. You know, so when they reveal it, I'm like Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and so when we see, like, Hannah and Mickle together, like, probably the first time we watched that, we're just like, oh, isn't that a cute scene with two kids? But now we're seeing it. Oh, well, here is the the very beginning of, of that relationship.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, the other thing that struck me, the box that he has Regina deliver to Jonas, and I'm looking at that light, the light's just a light i mean at the time we i think kept expecting it to have some other properties or powers or yeah it's just a light it's, it's cool it's super cool though it is cool but very cool right now he reads the letter of course you had mentioned a few minutes ago about peter doppler and we get that scene where charlotte is questioning elizabeth about yasin's disappearance when the subject turns to Noah, and we really see that Peter is clearly
1: worried, why is she so angry? I think he does. I just—it seems like like he's just kind of doing the things that Claudia tells him to do. So I'm not positive. I can't remember exactly whether he knew about Noah or not. I'm, Fairly certain does, but I'm not hundred percent sure on that one. Okay. Well, why is she so angry with Elizabeth?
0: I mean, the poor child's in tears. I mean, is this like just try to scare her straight from talking to strangers? It leads into the confrontation with Peter about that night, and she shows him the photo from the highway cam, asks him to deny his involvement. His Which answer. He does. You're insane. No, he doesn't deny it. He says she- you're insane. So he doesn't lie. Yeah, right. <laughs> he
1: right. Just... Right. Good point. Um, yeah, well, so, so a couple things there to, to unpack. First of all, yeah, Charlotte definitely a little too overzealous and uh, interrogating her own daughter. But yeah, you know, we see her being very frustrated. And Of course, there's the echoes of Egon Tiedemann or Tiedemann. Now I'm listening to it in German, you know, like and so I'm like hearing all the mispronunciations of names you've been doing. Okay, uh, pretty much from the beginning. So Egon, uh, you know, he really not that he, he was ever going to find Mads. He totally wasn't. Mads was in nineteen or twenty 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 nineteen. So unless he figured out the time travel thing, which is a stretch, there's no way he's going to find. It. But still. He was a pretty crappy policeman. We can, we can, I think we can all agree on that. He, you know, and and this, uh, I think episode six was where he arrests Ulrich on the dodgy testimony of a 14-year-old girl. His failure haunts uh, Ulrich for sure. And almost by association, Charlotte. And Charlotte is, you know, she's the, Ultimate investigator, Every, you know, even as a little, no, not a little kid, even as a youth, going around and you know, taking notes and collecting bird carcasses, she's always had this obviously desire to figure out what's going on, and uh, she's super frustrated. Now, does that, you know, justify her harsh interrogation of of Ellie? No, um, but after that, what you know, Peter says. You don't talk to your eight-year-old daughter like that. I'm like, well, do you talk to your eight-year-old mother like that? Well,
0: speaking of that, Noah, who is Charlotte's father, uh, you know, we get that scene where Noah visits Mikkel in the hospital and tells him that God has a plan for everyone. And what strikes me now is that God has a plan or Adam has a plan for everyone because – as things turn out, the plan is for Michael to kill himself and the cycle continues. So I'm not sure why he visits Mickle in the hospital. I mean, is there a, you know, even on the rewatch, I'm not sure what the point of that really is.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. And even, you know, that's the beauty of Dark that even though Noah is dead. Um, it doesn't mean he's done. Right. 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 Like right. Charlotte's dead, but she's still popping around every now and then. So, now, you, um, so yeah, we don't know.
0: You, you know, one Sorry. thing I
1: looked at uh, in my
0: internet reading over the past week, somebody was asking about how the young kids were chosen for the chair experiments. Why Yasin? And yeah. I, I read something that I thought really makes a lot of sense, and that is that somebody like Yasin, well, even though they're only ten or eleven or whatever they're supposed to be, he's getting too close to Elizabeth, and uh, she can't have a relationship with him. He's going to muck things right. up.
1: So we got. This is keep- a little. I, I mean, like, but that's a. Not- the deal with mads or eric well eric seems to be
0: an outlier you know if if you will so yeah i'll give you that but but some of the other ones you know mads uh, again not not really sure how that figures in but he is a nielsen so i don't know i just figured i'd throw that out there for now yeah no Um, it's you know but but speaking of the nielsens you know we see ulrich when he's giving Hannah a ride home and boy, what balls does that take for her to say, can you give me a ride home? Oh my God. She's just unbelievable.
1: Uh, And he tells her like, she's just, it's like Glenn Close and fail attraction.
0: Oh, completely. he tells her, stop calling me. And of course we know she gets her revenge in 1954. Don't think I'm just going to let you go. Yeah, (laughs) you're right. (laughs) You're, we know you're not
1: (laughs) right. Yeah, absolutely. And when, you know, when she did that, I mean, obviously we remember, okay, yeah, Ulrich blew her off. She's pissed. But now we're kind of reliving all of that. We can see this step-by-step process where, you know, she just pushes it too far. Ulrich is forced to just cut things up. But but again, you know, like, we, we see this and, I, you know, we when she left Ulrich in 1954, we... At least I felt sorry for the guy, but now it's almost like, well, you know, he's he's having this dalliance with Hannah, and then he expects to just step away, like just right. walk away, because I, he wants to end it, and so he's just going to walk away, and that's he he's he he doesn't want to face any consequences for what he does, and some might say he the consequences he ultimately faces are you know maybe beyond uh what he deserves but some people might say you know Ulrich kind of gets exactly what he deserves right and right
0: after that scene it flashes back to high school and Ulrich ditching her in the hallway to go to Katerina and I'm thinking all right the wheels of revenge are starting early yeah uh, and now Ines tells the social worker that she had a son who died just after birth right uh, at the time doesn't really mean much she just no, man, seems like a single anything. woman but now it, is that significant does she have a husband not that we've heard of i mean we know her yeah. father was daniel conwald who was in charge of the 53 investigation when those bodies were found at the power plant construction site but there's still stuff out there i think about her that that has to be yeah. important
1: and well, absolutely. I, it's almost like for every character where there's negative space around them, we yes. wonder what fills up that negative space. Right. Yeah. So was she just told that her child died? Exactly. Yeah. So. Right. Or did she give her child up to Sigmundus, and she just tells people this? Okay. Or is she just goofy and she just makes this up and everything? I and mean, When we first... When she first says that, then, uh, you know, later on, or I guess even this episode, we realize, well, she's, you know, Mikkel is becoming her child. You know, she's obviously replacing the child she lost with Mickle. Okay, we get it. But you're absolutely right that now, especially with the way things are, like, yeah, w- what's the deal with that kid? Who's the father? Fo- all these questions. If we don't know, then, like, like with Peter, like, you know, just what is the deal with that like we didn't know a lot about charlotte and elizabeth then we found out it was massive you know so yeah well charlotte's now got a sketch of her father so right she doesn't exactly. realize it's her she get father get it framed and put it over the fireplace right. uh
0: but then the, la- the last thing that i wanted to mention is that scene there towards the end ulrich's arrested for rape and that song and the lyrics are me and the devil walking side by side playing over that montage that includes Noah's car letting Bartosz out. And now we have to look at it as maybe a misdirect because of course we're thinking, all right, is Noah the devil or is he at least evil? But then there's Hannah who we know is evil. (laughs) Nothing's going to change in that regard. And then we get the shots of the stranger and Jonas who we know are trying to stop the devil, AKA Adam so at the time it was just a cool
1: sequence now it's it's fraught with meaning Uh, right absolutely this that's the thing like there's not necessarily like huge things here but there's like all kinds of like little things you know yeah uh anything else about 105 you want to mention first of all you know the idea of the labyrinth and actually i shouldn't bring this because i know we talked about it a ton when we first talked about season one um, but this idea of the the labyrinth and Ariadne and her story um, becomes, and of course, all the labyrinths up on the wall in Middle aged Jonas's room and everything like that. Um, that you know, this labyrinthine plot here obviously is you know indicative of, of this whole thing of Jonas. The further he, he tries to get out, the more he gets trapped inside. You know. Yeah. And, um, and
0: yeah, and, and you know, as long as you bring that up. I mean, in, in this episode, you know, we've got the play, Martha's wrapping that red yarn around their wrists to bond them. And you know, right. something I didn't notice the first time, it probably doesn't mean anything. You know, we we talked all <laughs> in season 1 about uh eye patch guy, Wohler, Did you notice the male actor is missing his front tooth? No. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking, all right, what's that all about? Probably nothing.
1: I I didn't see that. But
0: never sever that bond connection to the red string in the caves. Uh, uh, Mm -hmm. I I think we're certainly supposed to see that. And she says, I'm a loose end in time. In death, I am all alone. And then that's when she starts to get emotional, cries. It's almost like we said earlier, as if she's foreseen her own death at Adam's hand or somehow recognizes even though she maybe can't put her finger exactly on what's going on i mean what is it that causes her to break down the other thing that i noticed the scarf she's wearing is red like the string and the yarn Mm -hmm. and then i love the scene when she comes into magnus's room and says she wants to talk and and you know he's being like a big brother but then he lets her lie down with him and and she says will things ever be the same again and i'm thinking like uh yeah cycle <laughs> right yeah. yeah and then you don't actually know your parents which in a lot of regards kind of sums up
1: a lot of what's going on and in, in, unless you're mickle and then you Mikkel. know them way too well right right
0: that did you notice katarina sitting on the same swing that Ulrich and Hannah. Yeah, I, I assume it's the same swing.
1: Yeah, I just hope she washed that thing off. <laughs> Maybe it's rained in yeah, yeah. since then. Um, well, I guess that's in the that's yet to. Well, no, that that wait when the yeah that already that already happened. Yes, right, obviously, okay. right, right. Now
0: we get the zoom in on the class pictures, and I'm not sure why a 1987 right. class picture would still be up in because I think that zoom in was in 2019 although i could be wrong but even if we recognized mickle in that 1986 or 87 class picture which i'm sure we did at the time obviously now we know that that's what's going to verify for katarina the fact that this time travel story may be true and that that you know now i've got another avenue to find my son so it just verified for us in season one what we already knew, you know, not yeah. so much
1: now. Well, it's also funny because we think of this woman who is now so driven and obsessed to, you know, to to do for her children. When she was 16, she said, uh, no kids, never. Yeah. Right. That's like her condition with sleeping with Ulrich is that, no, this is never going to produce kids Ever not happening, and of course, that didn't work out so well. There, there was uh, when Noah is speaking to Mickle. Uh, the shot when they show Mickle is the camera is like basically in his face. The pillows and the covers are all around him. It looks like he's sitting in a coffin. Oh, okay. I didn't notice. Like that. the the yeah. I just look. You see like the the like the pillows and the sheets and everything are like basically in these. Angles around his head and shoulders that literally looks like velvet, and he's a corpse inside a coffin. It was creepy.
2: Okay.
1: Uh, well, the last thing is, um, you know, Charlotte mentions uh, you know, she she talks to Ulrich about how everything resets every thirty three years and everything, and then she mentions like how it's a big déjà vu, and I'm like, oh, well, that's that's something that comes up a lot, you know, like this idea of déjà vu. Mickle there says there's no magic, only illusion. So it's almost like, is all of this like some kind of illusion or dream or something, you know, like, you know, this whole thing with Mickle and magic and Houdini and escape, I just feel like this is all meaningful though. Right now, even now, we don't really know how it's meaningful. Wow. I never really thought about it in those terms. I'm not sure how I feel about,
0: you know, on the one hand kind of smacks of what we go through with the OA. But we do know that the time travel aspect of this storyline appears to be real such as it is, you know, in this, uh, in this universe. So, um, but, but like you said, you know, the things like the magic and Mickle and Houdini and, and illusion, we hear it and see it too often for it not to mean more right so Ulrich confronts Regina about the night that Mads disappeared and I I get the feeling in the course of our discussion over the weeks that I'm a lot harsher with Ulrich than you are I, I feel like he's borderline sociopathic to a certain extent and I understand he's lost his child I get that but he mocks her that she that he never apologized for the torture he and Katarina put her through as teenagers. And, and you're right, they weren't as bad to Hannah. They tied her to a freaking tree. Yeah, in the woods. Yeah, yeah I, that that's bad. Who does that? And yeah. and assholes. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it goes beyond that. And and look, I mean, we we talk about that, uh, you know, w- with so much of the news and. Uh, you know, not to get into a, a thing about the crime in Baltimore, but I think so often you, you read stories and things that happen and you just think like, well, who does that? Who thinks that's yeah. okay? So yeah. I, I, it just really struck me that he just doesn't get that she's asking for an apology and maybe that won't be the end of it, but it would certainly be a start and his reaction is to mock her that he didn't apologize. So,
1: yeah, you, you really think at that point you really want him to just say, "Ah, oh, oh shit, Regina, I'm I'm sorry." Right. You know, I, I was I was a jerk back then. I'm really sorry I did that. But no, yeah, you're right. He goes the opposite direction, right, which is not cool, right. And
0: we learn, and again, we learned this the first time around that that Mads, when he disappeared, was protecting her from Ulrich and katarina but the question then comes up now that we know what we know who made the decision to snatch mads was it noah adam helge uh, helge tronte i mean all of these people are involved now the other thing is and we've pointed this out but but it really strikes you on the rewatch those nielsens really know how to bang on a door you know and yeah All right, banging on Hannah's door and confronts her about what she did, you know, back uh, when she accused him of raping Katerina. But uh, and then again, I know we talked about it at the time, but it never gets old when Katerina decks Regina, who, to be fair, does provoke her. But then that line did tell them who their mother really is, which, again, at the time, we're thinking yeah, you're, you know, tell them who your mother really is. She's just really this bitch, this mean girl. This, right, right. But, but now knowing what we know, yeah. I mean, it right. could be anything.
1: Yeah, well, see, you know. the thing about birth, though, is like there's the one part that's absolutely certain is who the mother is. <laughs> but, well, uh, yeah, but, you're yeah right, but is
0: is Martha going to turn out to be Katarina's mother? <laughs> or, I mean... And daughter, yeah, I, I, I right. Mean, I guess I took it like that. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, it could. Well, you're, you're right. It could be. Yeah, you know, like I said. I mean, once, once they made Elizabeth Charlotte her own mother's mother, that pretty much meant that anything freaking goes at this point. Right. Now Jonas is
0: in the caves. Uh, you know, he finds that red string lead, which I think we maybe assume the stranger puts there. Uh, for him to find and and you know we talked about the red string on his bike last week. Does the stranger put that red string on his bike as some sort of uh, clue catalyst? I or does it just not really mean anything? Does he realize? Well, you
1: know, he does he follow, does he follow the red string into the caves? I, yeah, yeah, because you know he's so, got. So yeah, so, so right, got, so that's the the stranger. Gives him the red string, and then he sees the red string at the cave. Well, of course, he's going to be put two and two together and, and follow it. So, Right. right. And, and then, of course, we get that great scene
0: where he's in 86. Uh, he finds himself at that familiar bus stop when Hannah and her dad drive up and ask if he needs a ride. Does he realize that this is his mother? It, it appears he does after the father calls her Hannah. but. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course we know the whole time that that it is it does seem as if he figures
1: it out so that was pretty cool yeah well and you wonder if he ever knew his maternal grandfather because you think like his grandfather would not have jonas would have memories of his grandfather where he didn't look probably that much different than he looks right now okay you know yeah yeah sure so like you think even though he would he wouldn't necessarily recognize his mother right away Probably, if he knew his grandfather I'm sure he would have recognized him right away but on the other hand we have no you know concept of of Hannah's family other than really this scene right we've talked about this
0: before with different groupings uh, you would think they have family photographs but who the heck knows um, um
1: they're all they're all up in the wall of the bunker
0: all right now uh, the last thing I guess I wanted to bring up for uh, this episode is. Francesca's necklace that Magnus finds, you know, when he goes and checks out the metal box that turns out to be empty. And he finds that necklace next to a empty condom wrapper, a dirty mattress. And, of course, we know what's going on in his head. And I
1: think… Because it was going on in ours at the exactly time. Exactly,
0: that she's some kind of a prostitute. But that mattress is just so disgusting, I just can't yeah, It's
1: disgusting. Oh, my God.
0: Anybody, but… Uh. But do we
1: ever really get
0: some meaning about that necklace? I mean, it, it certainly shows up at other points in the story, but is it really just part of the Magnus and Francesca storyline and, and what brings them together? Because at this point, I mean, he dude is just stalking her.
1: And, <laughs> yeah, a little bit, right? Yeah,
0: <laughs> and... uh I mean we know they get together, we know they reach a point where they're still together in the future at age uh, 55, 60, 65 whatever it is they are. Yeah. Um back in 1921, I said in the future in in, right. in their future but their future right. in the past. Oh, the oh the other thing, Peter and Tronte in the bunker. Yeah. We know they've got the book, we know they've got the dates and the times so the, it's like they're no, we know waiting for it to happen right why do they need to be in the bunker when it happens or is there something i'm missing there Uh, that might just be like the clubhouse (laughs) okay because i don't think that's anything we see in season two that would answer that and why is it important that they're together when it happens Uh, is it just to see that it does happen
1: i I know that they they talk you know when it's finally revealed that they're not behind all this and that they're working with claudia i feel like they there's a lot of information there that they revealed about that that i really can't remember Mm -hmm. um but i don't know if like i don't think all those questions you just said i don't really think they answer them this season and they definitely don't in season two
0: all right uh anything else for episode 106
1: I mean, I don't, I don't know what the deal is in Europe, but when you get a phone bill in America, it's not itemized. But it used to be like when I was in college, we'd get because we'd have to go through the long distance bill every month and you know figure out who called whom and who owes what for for the long distance charges or calls. You know, apparently uh, Ulrich gets an itemized list of his phone calls, and despite carrying on an affair with Hannah, will just leaves the phone bill lying out on the table, which is not a solid move right? cheating on your wife. All
0: right. Now, I, I wondered about the same yeah. thing. And, of course, that comes up in Mad Men as well. Uh, but we're talking 1962 at that point, And as you said, yeah. the, the calls were registered on your phone bill, even the local calls. But I wonder if it has something to do with the fact that they're using cell phones. Because it, it seems to me, when I first got my cell phone, which was... Oh, I don't know. Obviously in the mid to late nineties or, or something. It seems to me that the phone calls were itemized, but we're in twenty nineteen in Germany. So is right. that just a plot device? Um you know, I guess Fred I think so. somebody else can, can tell us about that. Right but, uh
1: yeah. All right. Anything else? Yeah, you know, one thing that even though Alexander uh is really sketchy, his past very sketchy, you know, hiding stuff in the uh, nuclear power plant sketchy, but he's just a really good husband though. You know, like he's so there for Regina all the time and he's right there to offer support. And when he says, I love you, like you, you, you just really feel that he means that. Yeah, I agree. And we want to
0: find something in his past because we know what the circumstances were when he showed up back in 86, but as you said, but the other thing that I did notice, it's almost as if he anticipated her having cancer and that it went beyond merely a husband worrying about his wife who he knew was going in for a mammogram or whatever. It was almost as if he knew based on something at the power plant, something, you know, I, I, I don't know,
1: but. That, All the nuclear waste he's dumping into the river. Yeah, you know, okay, like, but yeah. So, <laughs> anyway. I, after seeing Chernobyl, dude, I just, I, man, I can't, I cannot be on board with nuclear power. You know, okay. it's just like, well, just, you know, Yana lying to Egon about where Trante was to cover up the fact that he's off boat Claudia. Well, but the thing is,
0: I don't know that he was. You know, I wonder whether he was off involved in something to do with Claudia and all of this uh, kidnapping yeah, no, kids. Point. Yeah.
1: So, True that. True that.
0: Even though Yana probably assumed she was covering
1: up for her husband's right. affair. Right. So, yeah. And so, the, the last one, at least, at least for me here, um, because I did mention Chernobyl and that was an accident, but at the end of... Episode six, Hannah tells Ulrich that the rain might still have radioactive material because of Chernobyl, and which in nineteen eighty six November it probably did. <laughs> Obviously, <honestly. Yeah. laughs> that rain that's falling in you in, in West Germany is uh, you know probably has yes radioactivity and for sure no no question about it.
2: So, all right, well why don't we hear what Fred has to say and we'll be right back. Hello, Dave and Wayne. This is Fred from the Nellons with some feedback for Dark, Season 1 Revisited, Episode 5 and 6. First off, one remark about last week's podcast, and it's about Mikkel going into the caves with Egan's stolen lighter. Dave makes the remark, why not using the light on his iPhone? You know, the scene here where he uses it to light his way,
1: so... Right, and there's, there's loads of ways they could have come up with a, a plot device... For him to to have something that lights his way in, in the caves, he could have you know stolen a um, a flashlight from behind the nurse's desk or something. So yeah, I, I think there there is some significance to it. Just you know, right now, don't know what that is. Oh, he's
2: from twenty nineteen. Where the hell's his damn iPhone? Good point. Well, this is so an American centered remark. I would say using a cell or smartphone instead. A lot of people use Android, you know, surely over here in Europe. And Mikkel is a 2019 German boy, so if he has a smartphone, it probably will be an Android. Have a look at the map I sent you in my notes. Okay, going into episode 5. I want to discuss the scene where Katrina opens the door and Hannah is standing there with some food for them. And then Hannah passes Katrina, and Katrina doesn't look very happy. Is this because she suspects that Hannah has an affair with Ulrich, or is she just devastated by the loss of Mikkel, and it has nothing to do with that? A second hint there is when she says goodbye to Hannah, and thanks her for the food, and Hannah is going with Ulrich, she embraces hannah but this is very intense and she puts her nose very deeply into hannah's coat and then she looks up and she has a very empty glazed look in her eyes and i really wonder if she recognizes the smell from ulrich's hoodie it's all very subtle but now you know what happens later you really cannot think anything else What I thought was very impressive is how mean and full of anger Hannah can look after Ulrich shoves her out of the car and says get lost. She looks so hateful and the same you can see in the young Hannah when she looks at Katharina and Ulrich holding hands. She really is, as I said before, the big bad of dark Funny thing was, of course, the scene between young Katarina and Ulrich, when they are planning to having sex and he should bring the condoms, etc., that she says, I'm not joking, no kids, never. Well, we saw how that turned out. Another thing I wondered is that when Ines in the hospital is talking to the woman of the childcare, that they would put Mikkel in a foster home Ines is also telling that she had a son that died just after birth. I wonder who was the husband, who was the the guy she had this child with. Never anything said about that. I discovered something very strange. If you look at the newspaper article about Mott's disappearance, there is a headline and there is uh, some text under the photo it's all okay. But on the right side of it, there is an, a piece of text that looks like it belongs to it and it, but it, it says Winden dash and then the whole story that's told there is somebody who commutes between Dusseldorf and Hamburg and how the traffic jams are and what he encountered on its way and has nothing to do with the Winden story. So it, it looks like just newspaper filling with text. I wouldn't expect that actually from the makers of Dark. It's not even a newspaper-worthy article. It just describes somebody traveling from one city to another and how many traffic jams he encounters. And that's more or less it. So, very strange. My two favorite lines of the first two seasons are in this episode. Du bist cool. Nee, ich bin Mieke.
1: Hello, Michael, young man from the future. I'm
2: Hannah. That was not a mistake. I did that on purpose in German. Then we get the scene where Bartosz is getting into the car with Noah. Actually, we never found out what he really did there with Noah. But now I look better at the car. It's a Rolls-Royce Phantom that's very very expensive fancy car how the heck does noah get such a car even with a driver strange thing actually is that it's never about money in this series so this very fancy car is just one example that there is something about money the only time we encounter money is actually when francesca is getting money from benny for his hormones Talking about Noah, one of the next scenes is a very close up of Charlotte looking at the police uh, picture wall. And they made a composition drawing of Noah, probably by what Elizabeth told them. And she is very intensively looking at it. And it's very striking now that you know it's her father. <laughs> the next very intensive I think this whole episode is quite intensive the next intensive scenes and what happens is that Hannah then falsely accuses Ulrich and then Ulrich gets arrested and what we get there is a new piece of music As the most of you know, I did a special on the seven most important pieces of music in Dark, but that was mainly about season two. When you from my
1: door Early this morning
2: and actually I think the piece of music that's here behind all these double pictures and young Ulrich getting arrested and the picture of Katarina sleeping and Ulrich next to her just being accused of having an affair, looking very worried.
1: Me in the, devil, side by side.
2: the piece of music, by the way, is by Anya Platzken, which also contributed to the theme song of Dar. but this is just by soap and skin of which he is a part i put a link on the facebook page to a live version of this piece of music One thing I suddenly thought of as a kind of nitpick was when Jonas receives this package from his older self, he must have recognized his own handwriting. Okay, going to episode 6. Of course, a lot happens in episode 6, but I don't have time to go into all details there. There is one topic I want to address. Jana is telling Ulrich about his father's affair with Claudia, but she also says, it wasn't the first one. So, this gives us the possibility that Tronte could be somebody's father. But in the four families, we are mainly missing women, such as Peter's mother or Ina's mother. The only father we are missing is Regina's father. But I don't think that Tronte is Regina's father, although he has an affair with Claudia. But when they meet, for instance, Tronte is waiting in the power plant for Claudia in episode 3 in 1986. He wants an interview with her because she became the new director of the power plant. The interaction there in episode 3 gives much more an impression of lovers than of the two parents of a, in the meanwhile, 14-year-old girl. So, I don't think so. One other possibility I thought of is that Tranta could be the father of Ines' stillborn child. That was all for these two episodes. Greetings, all the best. Fred from the Netherlands.
0: All right, well, the, the one thing that I have to touch on, and I'm a car guy and I keep you know, I look at pictures all the time. I'm thinking, like, all right, come on, I, you know, I can, I can get a new car. I can get a cool car. There's cool cars you can get for not a lot of money. Rolls Royce Phantoms are not one of those cars on my list. A- and Fred points mm. out that Noah pulls up in a Rolls Royce Phantom. Now, I- I'm guessing. I don't think Fred mentions how much they cost, but I- I'm guessing in American dollars, they got to be. 125,000, maybe more. He speculates where does Noah get the money? Well, I've got to believe and and I'm being totally serious traveling through time. You're betting on super bowls, world cups, uh, you know, the lottery. (laughs) I mean, any of a number of things to, to fund whatever it is you need to fund. So I'd be surprised. I mean, we're probably not going to find that out, but I would certainly think.
1: Well, if nothing else, you could just take like 10 Deutschmark from 1986 and bring it back to, you know, 2020 and you probably, you know, quadrupled its value.
0: Well, right. I mean, so whether it's a stock market, whatever, when you can travel through time, there are any of a number of ways of making money. And and that's, I think, an idea that gets brought up in a number of time travel series. Uh, I'm also in the, season of, of mad men where the uh abigail spencer who was the lead in timeless is the uh elementary school teacher right so yes um and then uh one of the secretaries i'm thinking the whole time where the heck do i know her from stargate universe she was you know one of the lieutenants <laughs> anything else you want to say about fred's feedback uh no okay Uh, he's got the one that
1: you you caught you covered it
0: yeah he brings up the one song that we talked about me and the devil and in in a way i'm sorry (laughs) i watched the uh, youtube video something about that singer that's a little disconcerting i'll just say that but uh, it is a very cool song um, in the creepiest yeah. of ways for sure yeah yeah no, it was definitely a cool
1: song. Yeah. I, w- I would like to assure uh, fred that that i do have an android phone as well i'm, I'm not i haven't drank the the iphone coolie so. <sighs> okay
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right anyway fred thank you um so before we uh, sign off you know wayne and i've been talking about what comes after this dark revisit and it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, I think, to revisit season two. I mean, you and I have talked a little bit about it, and I mean, it, it's still so fresh. I mean, once we see season three, then to go back and look at season two maybe is something we'll will tackle.
1: But right, I, I definitely see that more as a you know pre-season three. Maybe we go back and do this for season two. Right. You know, right. but we just talked about season two and we probably literally would just be saying so much of the same things that we said the first time around right so
0: that still leaves us where we go after dark and we've been throwing some ideas back and forth and you guys are certainly welcome to throw some ideas into the facebook group certainly willing to consider anything but a show that I've seen the first episode, and I believe you saw the first episode, right? Or or did you
1: just look at the, the preview? The, the Russian- Oh, wait, sorry. No, I haven't seen any of that yet. Oh, okay.
0: So there's a Russian series on Netflix. It dropped November 23rd, 18, called Better Than Us, which is robot, humanoid-oriented. It has a humans feel, if you've seen the AMC series Humans- And I've just seen episode one. It's very intriguing. Uh, So we're considering that. And and I think what you you and I have both said, if we pick up a show and we get to a point where, you know, this isn't doing it for us, we'll just stop. Right. We're not signing a contract. Right. Right.
1: Nope. Nope. No contract here. All right. So that's something that we're
0: considering. It's called better than us. I'm sure you can track it down on Netflix but uh, you mentioned the Almighty Johnsons as a possibility did we cover the pilot of that cuz I mm,
1: maybe I've I've
0: seen season 1 and I can't imagine I would have seen it if it wasn't for you bringing it to my attention I'll, I'll have to go back and look I guess when you've been doing this for over 7 years things start to <laughs> elude the memory so I'll talk to go back and look at the at the website and, and see if we ever did talk about the pilot or you know where that memory is coming from but uh but anyway we'll keep you guys posted and like we said if you have any suggestions you can throw them into the facebook group and we'll see what we've got so all right all, all right so we will leave it there well that's going to do it for this episode of sci-fi tv rewatch want to thank you for joining us love to hear what you think about dark Anything else going on in Genre TV, I encourage you to join the Facebook group. If you're already a member, you can bring people in. Emails, as always, go to SciFiTVRewatch at gmail.com. Voicemails can go via the SpeakPipe tab, which you can access through the website. And we'll be back next week to discuss Season 1, Episodes 7 and 8 of Dark. But until then...
1: Oh, I got nothing.